listening to Bloomberg Markets. So I've got a question. Should students uh, attend the most selective college that admits them? Let's put that question to our roundtable. Janet Lauren is with us, higher education reporter at Bloomberg News in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. On the phone from Evanston, Illinois, Morton Shapiro, president of Northwestern University. Janet, set this up. What are we, what are we talking about, the most selective college that admits a student? So uh, students typically apply to a bunch of colleges if they have an applied early decision, which they would be scrambling to get their applications ready soon. Uh, the, the notice has come in the spring, and they have about a month to make a decision about where they go to college. And the question is, how do you make that decision? Are you going to go to the, the most selective school? Um, if you're a lower-income student, is it going to be helpful to you to be around other high-achieving students? Morty, what are your thoughts here? Well, Janet, you put it very well. I have to start by having just listened to your traffic report that <laughs> students should not try to get in or out of New York City today, especially with the president there. And as I sit here in the beauty of Evanston, Illinois, having grown up in, in the city, uh, the city, of course, New York, even though Chicago's a, a city and a great one, uh, I'm glad I'm not there now. But you asked a good question, Janet, because there's a lot of confusion about whether you should go to the school that's the most prestigious with the lowest undergraduate admit rate or not. And there's been a lot of studies, empirical studies, and Janet, as you know, in my new book, I have a report on some of those studies. Um, but here's something your, your listeners might be interested in. Uh, income mobility, of course, is very important, particularly when you live in a country like the U.S., where since 1979, income inequality has increased so markedly. Um, and it turns out that the probability of growing up at, say, the bottom quintile, the lowest quintile in American income distribution, which is family income below 21000 what's the probability that when you're in your 30s, you're going to be living in a household where you're in the highest quintile, which today is income above 104000 uh, Overall, the answer is only 8% of people who grow up in the bottom 20% end up in their 30s in the, in the highest 20%. But if you have a higher education degree, you have a 21% chance of moving from the bottom to the top. And here's directly, Janet, the answer to your question. If you attend one of the highly selective publics, you know, University of Wisconsin-Madison or University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, one of the UC schools, Chapel Hill, uh, Charlottesville, UVA, etc., then the probability of going from the bottom to the top is 42%. And if you go to one of the most highly selective privates, it's 52%. So you can see that there is a return to selectivity, at least in terms of these numbers. These numbers are from Raj Chetty, brilliant economist uh, at Stanford. And, um, you know, they strongly suggest go to the school that's the most selective that admits you. That, uh, go ahead, John. And does that correlate with the wealth of the school. You know, my primary job is writing about endowments, and we know a place like Northwestern is very richly endowed. You have a lot of money to help Thank students you. with financial aid. Um, can you talk about the correlation between the wealth of the school and the resources available to students? Uh, it's a very strong correlation, as you've written about so brilliantly. And um, when you're blessed to be at a school like the one I happen to be at now um, with a very large endowment, 
Um, you have all kinds of opportunities. The other thing, though, Janet, is the pure effects, and a number of us have done work on that, too. Uh, when you go to the most selective school that admits you, particularly if you're non-white, particularly if you're from a lower-income background, um, you get a pure effect. You know, you're around other peers who are... Uh, very ambitious and very talented, in some cases very well-connected. You go to a school, if it's highly selective and very, with a very large amount of financial wealth, you tend to have better advising, a much better career center, smaller classes, and it opens up a lot of doors. And in particular, going back to what you said, um, one of the studies I did early in my career, but many people have done it, particularly if you're from a low-income background, the return to go into the most selective school that admits you is far greater for someone coming from a low-income background than from an upper-income background where it doesn't matter as much. So your advice to those individuals out there who are coming uh, from a lower-income background? Well, you should go to the most selective school that admits you. And as, as was pointed out in the introduction, a lot of people drop off the market because the market clears in early admissions, and but even then, there's a decision to be made. Um, do you apply to uh, you know if you only have one shot? It's, it's not early action, but early decision. You know you, you have to be careful in choosing that school. Um, and there is a real return to selectivity. As not, not surprising. You know, there's a brand value, there's a peer effect, and there's a wealth investment but, as well. But, John, you do write about, you wrote about, I don't know, a year or two ago, right, this story about how colleges are filling more of their classes in early admissions programs favoring affluent families. And you talked about how this was another barrier, you know, before poor students um, who are trying to better themselves through higher education. So if schools are doing that, uh, that may put those poor students at a disadvantage, certainly on early admissions. And especially as, as some schools are taking half the class, places like Northwestern and Duke. Um, Morty, can you address that too? Yeah, we are the the socioeconomic status of our early admits is very similar to the spring, particularly when you realize that most of our legacies take themselves off the market. So these are the alums, uh, you know, the, the mother or father. Sometimes it's a Kellogg alum or it's a profession, other professional school alum. So they take themselves off the market. Some of those kids would have gotten in the spring anyway. So it's a little bit of apples to oranges. But the schools with the wealth of a Northwestern, um, if you look at the percentage of the kids we take early who are from families that are Pell eligible, it's really quite sizable. It's not quite as high as it is in the spring, but it's pretty high. Now, there are other schools who could take kids early because they're need aware, and they take kids who can pay the sticker price. That's not mm. the case for a Duke or Northwestern or a Penn or any other schools that take up to a half of their, including Williams, where I used to be more, president. More than I Half of them. I unfortunately need to break in, but um, this is a conversation I'm sure we'll return to, uh, and we appreciate uh, your time on this today. Morton Shapiro, president at Northwestern University, on the phone from Evanston, Illinois, along with our Janet Lauren, higher education reporter at Bloomberg News, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. 